Um, so we're going to dive in um, and we're so um, excited for today because we have a special guest with us, um, David Chapman. He's the founder and CEO of 919 Marketing. Hello. Hello there. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Looking forward to it. Should we have a good conversation? Yeah. So today we're um, part of our emergency marketing series and helping franchise organizations navigate the um, global pandemic and what it means for businesses. So um, as um, the founder and voice um, in the franchise community, we're very excited um, for the webinar today, which is going to talk about the uh, marketing challenges that franchises are facing right now during lockdown, how to strengthen um, marketing and different things internally as a franchisor, as well as the franchisee. So where do you see like the biggest value where franchisors or even franchisees should invest in, in terms of their um, marketing and positioning? Well, this is a, again, and again, I see this as an opportunity to have, you know, half glass, half full, glass, half empty. I see it half full, obviously. Um, one thing I see is that I see often with franchise brands that this branding and messaging uh, is something that everybody wants to explore, but they just don't ever have the time to do it because they're just burning at breakneck speed. To me, this is a great time for you to sort of ensure that your brand messaging is calibrated and it is in fact resonating with the people that you're going after. Uh, I see too many times, I and mean, we've, we've all seen it at the last IFA show. I mean, I'm not gonna name the names, but there are a couple of brands that I, that I talked to there and the name of their company and the position of their company and the space they're in, or there's a total disconnect. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to think about from a brand perspective is, is, is our messaging on target. And when I say messaging on target, I mean, for all three, you know, all three levels. Is it, is it on target from a recruitment perspective? Is it on target from the consumer's perspective? And the way that you communicate your brand and, and your franchisees communicate your brand, is it consistent with what you're doing? So to me, this is a golden opportunity to, to revisit that. You know, when you're not sort of churning and burning every day and you've got time to be more strategic, think about that. And you can do that through some low cost approaches. You don't have to spend a ton of money. I mean, you can, you know, you can do online surveys you know, with your franchisees, for example, you can do online surveys with your customers, you can do online surveys with past franchise candidates, and really get some valuable information to find out if you really are, if that message you're putting out there really resonates, or it doesn't resonate. And, and to me, that's a, a great opportunity now, right now to be able to do that. Um, and it's really, and then that leads into your, your marketing communications, all the things that happen after that. I mean, once you've got your branding, right, and you can validate it, or you can change it, obviously, you know, this is a great time. If you have to, if you have to sort of refract it a little bit or look at it and think about it, I'll give you a perfect example. This is a very short story, hopefully, but so we were working with an in-home care company and we were getting ready to spend a great deal of money around a positioning strategy. The positioning strategy was trust us like family. Okay. Mm -hmm. In-home senior care, trust us like family. Your mom's in Topeka, we're in Raleigh. How do you, how do you make sure your mom's being treated right? Well, so we do focus groups on that and we find out, at every focus group that it bombs. And we hear, we hear things we never expected, like, I don't trust my brother, he's a crack addict and, and takes all my mom's money. I'm suing my, I'm suing my sister right now, or all these things about family are not, you know, what you assume are great things. People don't always see it the same way. So you've got to really validate your messaging before you really go out again, you know, and jump into the deep water. That's a really great point because what resonates with us emotionally could resonate, evoke totally different emotions, just like you said. So I think that is the 
the main takeaway and a really important part about, you know, low cost ways to do this, doing your research um, and putting it into action that's appropriate for your niche. Because like you said, I, IFA, I was there as well, um, which seems like a really long time ago, even though it was just a month or two ago. Um, so we all have big learnings from there. And I think that um, is a really important point around the franchisor franchisee relationship and who's investing, who's bringing the ideas there. Um, and this is really interesting. So I would love um, your insight as to what you think the key steps franchisors can take in, in reviewing these necessary things. Maybe we already touched a little bit about branding and I know you touched a little bit about recruitment and franchise development. So I'd love your feedback on what you see, um, how they can update these norms and different relationships internally. Yeah. So, you know, from a brand, you know, branding is a very painful process. Just ask cattle, you know, when you, <laughs> so it's not an easy thing to do because it's, there's a lot of emotion hiding behind a brand, you know, um, oftentimes the people that are running the company had a, had a very strong role in what the brand is and how it's projected and they sort of see themselves through their brand. I mean, I know I do for, with 919 Marketing. It's, you know, 919 Marketing is me and it's the people that work at our, our business. So it's a very emotionally charged uh, topic. But I would encourage people to, to do this, is to find the white space. If you think about the turf you're covering, the turf your competitors are covering, and then finding out what it is from the consumer, the end user, your, your customer, what is it they're really lo looking for? And are any of you really touching on that? And if you can find that, you know, white space, um, then you really can hit it. You can really hit a home run. Uh, it's, it's, it takes some dying down your emotions, being a little bit more rational, taking out a lot of the, you know, people get, it's almost like telling some, telling someone their baby's ugly, right? You can't do that because people get really mad, but you know, sometimes, the baby's ugly. You know, it's, it's a bad positioning. It's a, it's a bad logo. It's a bad positioning line. It's the things they're saying are, are overtly salesy and not really getting into all what the people who are getting ready to, to buy are looking for. It's sort of this plastic thing that we do when we're in business, we want to sell, sell, sell. But when we're a consumer, you know, I always say the story when I walk into a clothing store, you know, when I walk into a clothing store, I can assure you I'm buying. I don't just shop. So yeah. if I'm there, I'm going to buy. But when a salesperson comes up and says, can I help you? You know what I always say? No, just looking. Even though I'm actively looking, I don't want someone to be in my face. I want to sort of, if they can tell me what are you looking for, they can be consultative, then I'm going to go with it. If they're in my face, I'm not. And so I think that it's not just the branding. It's also the messaging overall that you need to look at. Uh, and you need to make sure that your franchisees are sort of creating this one version of the truth. You know, the worst thing is when you do advertising marketing around a certain promise that you make and then it's not delivered on in the customer experience you know yeah. so if your franchisees are not delivering on that brand promise then you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time and really kind of annoying the customer at the same time yeah no that's a really important point and it's like a just like you said that symbiotic relationship to share the feedback and to make sure that you're growing overall um now one thing that uh, we kind of alluded to and touched upon that we're going to, you know, dive into a little bit more is the different communication channels. So we touched a little bit about, you know, the different channels that you can have for specifically franchise development in growing the franchise itself in the franchisees to their users. So where do you see the biggest growth patterns happening is do you, cause we know different, for example, social media channels can be really valuable in each of these different business goals. 
So do you have any advice on strategy, how to pivot and grow those different segments? Well, yeah, but obviously it depends on, it depends on the category, depends on the brand, depends on the budget, all those things as sort of the precursor to what I'm getting ready to say. Um, the one thing I do know for sure is that video content is the most consumed online content. I mean, I saw on TV, I think it was 60 Minutes or something, as a, a clip on Twitter somewhere where the CEO of the CEO of YouTube's, she said that they upload 500,000 hours of video a day. So you think about that. So video, video, what channel, whatever channel you push it through, if you're not doing video, you're already behind. You know, that's mm -hmm. a fact, you know, and, and I believe that so much that we have an in-house video production uh, team, you know, because I, I took a jump, I took a jump, I took a, a leap of faith about two years ago that that's where the market was going. And, and it was a risky move on my part. I mean, it's, it's paying off, but I mean, I, I, I will encourage you, if, if you do nothing else, you get nothing more from this whole conversation today is that you need to get into video. And it doesn't have to be people like, you know, you know us two yeah. doing it for you, right? It can be, you can do it on your phone. Uh, you can get someone to do it for you who's, a, who's there. I mean, I have some clients who have in-house videography uh, that they do. The, the key being is that, you know, I, I, I really do think that you've got to really make sure that you've got the right message the right platform. I mean, people are watching video. I mean, you know, why is my phone right next to me? Because I'm addicted to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be close to me all the time. So, um, so video is where it's at for one. Two is that from a from a channel perspective, I have, you know, I've seen I've, I've seen a lot more people getting into you know uh, uh, pre roll, you know, YouTube pre roll, uh, Instagram pre roll um, things other than the normal things that franchise companies typically do, you know. Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah. run some ads. Um, you know, we've even done some really odd things lately where we, uh, we found this company that, that it's, 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 it is a, a robot company where they will actually take your handwriting style and they will write letters for you personally, handwritten letters in envelopes, other than those cheesy ones we get where you go like, you really think you're fooling me with this crap? Yeah, you know? yeah. actually handwritten in your handwriting style. Wow. And you can write, they can generate like 30, I think it's 25 or 30 letters a minute. Um, and to me, that's a, that's an interesting channel just because yeah. no one gets, I mean, the only mail I get right now is bills. I, uh, I just get bills. <laughs> yeah. So if I could get something that was literally handwritten from someone, the CEO of a company, the head of friend of, yeah. uh, you know, the local, the local owner of a brand, uh, to me, that's going to really stand out. So that's, that's sort of a, you know, off the wall idea, but it's certainly one that I, I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think right now what we're seeing is the digitization of so many industries all at once because again there was that like lockdown where no one could operate in these normal channels. So everyone is trying out these new things. I know um and video is obviously a really important one especially on social media and we've seen um now the the consumption of overall social media usage across the main six platforms skyrocket. So with that comes like the authentic, um, authentic factor where people don't want to see, you know, overly polished, overly put together because we're all feeling, you know, like locked up and raw. So for lack of better terminology. So it's okay that, you know, just like you said, you're shooting on your phone, maybe you're going live and testing something for the first time because us as people that are in our homes for, you know, six plus weeks now, it's that we're feeling that connection from you and that it's authentic content. So I think 
maybe video was scary to some franchisees who maybe want to highlight what they're doing in their location or even for the franchisors because they're thinking, okay, like what's going to be said if it's a live video or even if it's not that approval process. So there's um, ways to make it like um, user friendly, so to speak. So everyone's staying, you know, within the careful brand message that we spoke about earlier that they invested heavily in, but still gave that power, you know, from that franchisee uh, to post on local. And that, you know, kind of goes to that, the examples that we have here about the um, different ways that local organizations are highlighting what they're doing. Again, this is just like an actual user picture that Subway in North Carolina highlighted. And it, they're not, you know, the stylized professional photo shoot photos anymore because that's like not the type of content we want to consume right now. We want to feel related to. So I think this is, um, that's a really great point about the different types of content investing in maybe different channels that no one thought of like letters that are personal or um, video, social media, um, emails. I've been, I'm sure you've gotten a letter from our CEO emails in your um, email about, for example, every single airline happened to just email me um, their newsletters um, from their CEO. So I think it's really interesting but we, we talked a lot about the ideas from branding at the franchisor, franchise development from that top level. But what about as the franchisee? Um, where do you think like an individual franchisee um, should be focusing on? What are like the key areas that they can do th on their behalf? Yeah. Um, you know, I've sort of, you know, I've been in franchising for uh, over a decade now. And I have noticed that there are typically three kinds of franchisees. Um, I'll start off with, and we usually call them red, green, yellow. Um, the green are the ones that are the, are the ones that will, you know, the, they're the puppies that want to jump out of the box. They're the ones that franchisors have to say, slow down, pump the brakes, hold on, you know, because they're always, you know, wanting to do something, which is, those are the great people that, you know, those, they're fantastic, right? And a lot of great ideas come from them. I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot, a lot of ideas that we execute in a system-wide approach came from someone locally. So it, it, you know, it, those people really have great ideas and they're passionate. Yellow are the people that are, they want to do it. They just, they're too busy. You know, there's a lot of ex reasons why they may not do it to the extent that they want to. And then there are the red, which are the people that if I gave them a million dollars, they wouldn't do it for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I don't know why. So let's concentrate on the yellow and the green. <laughs> uh, the yellow and the green, I, I think there are a lot of great things they could do. And, and I'll go back to, I'll go back to the one thing that I think is the most important thing is authenticity. The fact that you are a local business, I mean, cause that's where people get sideways on franchising. They don't understand. And I hear it all the time. It's just amazing to me when I talk to neighbors and people like that, they don't really understand that a local franchisee is a local business owner. You know, they think that they're like the general manager and the big company in the sky somewhere is what's running it. But it's, this is a local community business, just like everyone else. And the more you can remind people of that, the better. Uh, the other yeah. thing is, is that, I mean, it, to me, I mean, to me, you've got to, you've got to really, that's the first, that's the biggest problem I think franchisees have locally is that people just don't assume or they don't think it's a local person, a real person in the community. So the more you can show of how you're involved in the community, you know, uh, the better, because I mean, and local PR from a PR perspective, you know, local, Local PR is, is always key, but it's got to be about you locally, about your story. You know, the more you can tell people your story, people buy from people. And if you can tell me your personal story, 
tragedy, how you rose from the ashes, all those, all those sort of brand stories that you can tell about yourself makes people want to do business with you. So the more you, the more open you can be, the more transparent you can be about, you know, you're not perfect. You know, all those things, just making yourself a real human being like everyone else, I think is key. And, and not just sort of jumping in and out of communication. You know, the green, the greens I mentioned earlier, they're the folks that are doing, you know, two or three posts a day. They're the, they're the people that are taking pictures at every little PTA thing they go to, every little baseball thing they go to. They're, they're actively involved and they're not afraid to promote themselves. Um, so, you know, I usually say less is more, but I, in this case, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, I don't think you can, well, you, I guess you could. I've never seen it. But to me, I would give, I would give your, show more of yourself, show more of your humanity, show more of your, your personal story. And to me, that's the key, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head and that's the, the core message that we try and share. It's that like 2020, even before all of this craziness happens, the strategy globally in, in the marketing industry was local communication. You know, that was the trends on Google, on social. And that's what we see a lot of franchisors moving to. And what that means is you have these franchisees that are now sharing their stories and encouraged to do so. And now more than ever is the opportunity, just like you said, to show what impact they're having on the local community, that they're a part of the local community and to almost build their reputation as you know, another small business, um, because you know, in the U.S., we love to shop local, shop small, and support you know our our neighbors. So I think that's a really um, important thing that I, I agree with you. Maybe franchise organizations are not communicating enough because a, a franchise is just you know buying into the idea, and it's someone else who's taking their own money and their own. Um, business um, acumen right. as an entrepreneur to, to open it up as a franchisee. So I think that's a really important message that that can be shared. Um, and that's a really great point. You know, there's two things I wanted to say. One, one is that uh, Google my business, you better be good at Google my business for one. Uh, the yeah. second thing is, is that, uh, you know, rankings on devices, you know, on uh, echo on other parts. I mean, you know, you look at three years down the road, maybe not even that long. I mean, it's going to be, you know, if you're, if you're not playing that game, uh, you're in trouble, in my opinion, as a local franchisee, if you're not really just maximizing Google My Business and also looking into how you can be in a search on a device, because devices are where it's at, no question about it. Definitely. I mean, I, I think we're all, you know, of the generation phone first, and then if you're obviously on a computer, that's like when you would do that. But I think even when I'm sitting at work on a on, on my computer, I pick up my phone to do like quick searches around like neighborhood and distances and stuff. It's crazy how the mobile first uh, or device first world has really made that switch so quickly and become such an ingrained part of our culture. Well, when my mom is using an Echo to, to find restaurants or to call people or to whatever, that means it's definitely not cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> This, my um, my grandmother actually just got um, a smartphone, so it's yeah. been really <laughs> fun teaching her um, how to use it and um, to try and like FaceTime, which is <laughs> always a great challenge. Yeah, mine, mine told me the other day, how do I put it in the Google? Oh, yeah. 
my, not even my grandma, my mom, she'd kill me if she heard this. She says, give me the Google. It's like our family's <laughs> like running inside joke. So right. I, technology's here and it's, you know, staying and evolving even quicker. And that's why we need like the, the marketing channels to, to keep up, to keep up with it. Right. Um, which actually comes to a really interesting part for franchisees, which is kind of splitting their focus between the acquisition or the retention rather of their customers as well as how, how they can get new customers in the future. So do you have any tips or strategies or what you've seen your current clients or partners do in terms of how to retain the customers that they have? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, let's start off by saying, I think we all know those numbers about acquisition versus retention, retention, keeping people versus having to go out and get new people. Mm -hmm is infinitely more expensive. So, you know, the very first place that you have to really shore up if there, if you're gonna go either or, I'm gonna pick retention first, just because they're already a client, they're already spending money, they're already predisposed to do business with you. Um, how do you, how do you sort of continue to relate to them? How do you, you know, because people, people like brands because those brands they think are a nice reflection of themselves. So, you need to make sure that you have that brand connection established, reestablished with, with your existing customers. Uh, and existing customers obviously are speaking to customers of your franchisees, uh, even your franchisees, because let's face it, you know, a, while a franchisee is a business partner, they're also a, they're also a customer in, in many ways. So making sure that you retain those folks, um, you know, I mean, it's important whether it's a five, 10, 15 year deal, whatever deal you have, um, making sure they're happy makes your life a lot happier. Uh, so that, and, and then also from a, you know, from a, a franchise development perspective, I mean, retention is really not a, not relevant and, and except in the sense that, you know, you do have quite a few people that are, um, that are in your pipeline that I would say are not really customers, but they are people that are in the pipeline. How do you, during this last two or three months, I don't, I don't know many salespeople, I don't know any salespeople who haven't said it's changed their pipeline. Yeah. So how can you how can you really work on your pipeline to retain or to and to close those deals or to get them back sort of active versus what they were? Um, acquisition. I mean, you know, we all love acquisition. I love acquisition. It's the sexier part of it. You know, it's not. You know, it's it's going after new blood. It's it's yeah. coming up with great campaigns. It's sort of that searching. You know, going out and hunting. Uh, I love it. Everybody loves it. Um, again, I would encourage people to look at new new approaches, you know, um, I mean, native advertising has been really, really big with folks. Um, I don't see as many people using it now just because it's very expensive. Uh, I, I think that acquisition, my personal opinion, um, is organic search is where people have put their time uh, because organic search is something that doesn't go away as soon as you stop spending money. You know, you spend money on paid advertising, works great, maybe, maybe doesn't, you know, but the minute you stop spending money, poof, you're gone organic search. If you do it right, you can, you can rank high in, in, the, in the right keywords for your business and stay there for a long time. There's a company we don't work with anymore that's out in Arizona that we created a piece of content for them about six years ago. They're still number one for it. They haven't wow. done a thing, nothing, and they're still number one for that keyword. So it's got sustainability to it. Um, and mm -hmm. let's face it, you can control the content on, on that as well. So it's, it's all good stuff. It, you, you can repurpose it in different channels. To me, I'm a, I mean, organic is where it's at as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, 
Uh, I mean, I do think that some people have had a lot of success doing the usual kind of things. Again, we all know what they are. Um, it just depends on your brand, depends on your budget, uh, depends on your customer. Uh, but organic, I don't care who the customer is. Organic is, to me, is sort of the, the number one thing I would think about in today's world because it's not costing you. Yeah. That's just my take. No, absolutely. I think that's a really important conversation to have, especially because I think right now financial uncertainty is on everyone's minds because, you know, that their shops are closed. They, you know, you can't go outside for fear of everything happening. Um, especially with like the murder hornets that are now in the Western U.S. as if we couldn't get any more natural things happening. Um, so different um, communication channels to invest in is really important, especially when talking about getting your brand out there and you touched upon it time and time again today. It's consolidating, being like um, authentic and exploring new channels, whether that's for retention and acquisition of your current customers or, you know, growing your franchise overall through franchise development mechanisms. Um, but one thing I think we've kind of weaved in and out of our conversation today is different social media, um, Um, you know, kind of use that as our wrapping up point um, for the webinar and highlighting um, some of your examples or suggestions that we didn't already talk about for social media specifically. And I think within a franchise, we, we've seen, you know, working with several franchise organizations, what we call, just like you call red, green, and yellow, we call it the bell curve where you have those that are, you know, for you at the front end, the greens that are really savvy, they know what to do. You give them your brand book and they can create their own or they can use your tools to go with the flow. Then you have like the, the yellows in your view that are, you know, that middle of the bell curve that know the importance of social, maybe don't know how to do it. Maybe they don't know how to edit their own content. Maybe they're, um, you know, shy of, putting themselves out there. And then you have, just like you said, the reds that are not savvy, don't know what to do, won't do it. Um, so on your side, where do you see um, the best ways to maybe engage users on social or the best type of messaging to have on social media right now? Yeah. Um, well, where we start is we start with really finding out what people are doing. What, so we have, a, we have a tool that allows us to, to fully understand what is bringing people to our clients' websites uh, and their competitors, what, mm -hmm. what content is actually being consumed, viewed, you know, read, et cetera, and then what content actually converts into you know, whatever conversion is for a client. Obviously, they're different. Sometimes it's, it's like call, sometimes it's fill out a form, read yeah. this, do whatever the case may be. So the first thing I think has to happen is you have to know what's going on. You have to know the right topics uh, to be able to integrate into it. Cause I see a lot of people pushing out a lot of content that nobody gives a tinker's damn about. That's mm -hmm. the first part. So, so don't waste your time creating content that nobody cares about. So that, that to me is number one on a local national, any basis is find out what content actually resonates with the people that you want to target. Uh, so once you have that in mind, if you know what, if you know what the topics are, then it comes down to how do you execute on those topics? Um, how well do you write about it? And again, my, my point earlier is that all of us at some point in time in our lives have tried to sell someone versus letting them buy, you know, the big difference, you know, you know, 
I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm writing an article right now that the headline of it is franchises will be bought, not sold in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the case with any product, quite frankly, is that if you can help me, if I'm going to search for something, whether it's a car, whether it's a computer, whatever the case may be, the one who can help me make the right decision, the one who's my trusted expert, uh, is who I'm going to go with. Uh, I think we all do that, you know, because, you know, HubSpot 70% said 70% of all buying decisions are made before they contact a brand online. So mm -hmm. you better have some really great content that resonates with me and helps me make a decision. And if you can do that, I think that is, that's the key. But again, it's always about emotions. I mean, people buy emotionally and they buy ra and they, and they justify it rationally. So tapping into emotions, you're dead on right there. Uh, sympathetic, which, which, which to me is uh, a, a, a broader term, but, but it really gets down into be empathetic, be, uh, you know, give me affirmation, you know, make me feel like I'm making the right decision and, and that your brand represents who I am. You know, in today's world more and more, it's about not just the price, not just the quality. It's about how do you connect with me and, and are you doing things in the community that I endorse and that I like? That's part of it. Um, and then and the actual consumer behavior, you mentioned that. Uh, and then again, be human, be genuine and really talk about yourself. I mean, again, that sounds contrary to what I just said in terms of earlier, but I mean, if you can tell me stories about yourself and I can, I can identify with that, I, can, I feel a connection with you, then I'm gonna buy from you. 